2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I give great honor today to the church of the living God. You have been purchased with a price. You are not your own, but you've been bought with the blood of Jesus. Now, we're going to kind of walk through this a little bit. The Lord's going to help us today. I believe it. I felt this so strongly in my heart. Now, if I can just take what he's put in my spirit uh, that he's downloaded to me and me upload it to you, it's going to be all right. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. We beseech you by the coming of the Lord, or in other words, concerning. We beseech you concerning the coming of the Lord, and that, that word by uh, is concerning our gathering together. That you be not soon shaken in mind. Tell your neighbor today, protect your mind. Nor don't be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by a letter from us, as that the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, the, the Greek language in this, I don't want to lose you right here, but uh, when he said the day of the Lord is at hand, what he was saying is, don't let anybody trouble you or shake your mind and make you think the coming of the Lord has already happened. Okay? He said, don't let anybody trouble you and make you think that the coming of the Lord has already happened. Somebody say, Jesus is still coming. He said, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, just in the most elementary way, we're exposing here the Antichrist, okay? Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. So there has to be a third temple. At some point he's going to sit in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. When I was with you, I told you this was going to happen. Now verse 6, I can't even read this without literally getting chills up and down my spine. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Now you know... What withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. Now you know what withholdeth. This word is so powerful. You know what withholdeth. What the apostle was saying is you know what is restraining him from being revealed. He said, you know. Why do you know? Because you're the church. He said, you know what is restraining the Antichrist from being revealed. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. I hate to keep slowing this down on you, but it's saying that the hidden truth, the hidden truth of lawlessness is already working. And only he who restraineth only he who restraineth will let until he be taken out of the way. So the, the apostle says there's a restrainer that's keeping the Antichrist from being revealed. And it will not be revealed until the restrainer is removed. Okay? I'm going to preach to you. I'm not done reading through here. I'm going to read to you some more in just a minute. But we're going to pray together. I'm going to preach to you today about the restrainer. The restrainer and God's going to help us let us pray together master we honor your name today for you are great and you are greatly to be praised there is none above you there is none beside you you are God all by yourself there was not a God formed before you and neither shall there be after you you are the Savior and beside you there is none other I pray today, Lord, that your word would fit in this room today like a jointly fit together piece of the puzzle in somebody's life that could touch us, change us, challenge us. I pray today, God, that you would help us to realize who we are as the body of Christ, that you have put power within us, and we openly declare your word today that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
We release you to be God in this room today. We release you to become what you already are. Let your word go forth. Let our hearts be ready to receive. In the mighty name of Jesus, we lift our praise to you right now, Lord. And we give you thanks for who you are. And we thank you for what we feel in this house. Go ahead and give God praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to do my best today to be mindful of your time and work through this with you. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is so very powerful because it helps us to realize not the power of the Antichrist, but the power of the restrainer. Okay? So I'm going to talk to you about the restrainer this morning. The apostle said, you know, when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth or what is restraining the Antichrist from being revealed in his time. The mystery of iniquity, of lawlessness, already works. And only he who now is restraining can let until he be taken out of the way. Somebody say he's going to be removed. The restrainer is going to be removed. Okay, so we're going to establish some things. This is the basic principle of, of what has been covered so far, and I'm going to preach this in a minute, but I want to just lay this out, a train track so we can run with it. He said there is coming the return of the Christ. Before he returns, he said, I'm going to warn you about some things. There will be some people. I think it's so crazy that this far back, uh, in somewhere between 50 and 60 A.D., that uh, the apostle is already warning them about the doctrine of preterism. He said there's going to be a doctrine that's going to convince you in around 70 A.D., when the temple is destroyed, he said there's going to be a doctrine that starts there that says to you that was the coming of the Lord. Okay, this preteristic doctrine, and I don't want to lose you here. I want to get where I'm going, but you got to stay with me for a minute. He said this is a doctrine that's going to make you think Jesus has already come, but it is false doctrine. You need to hold fast and don't let your mind be troubled because there are going to be people who are going to try to tell you there is not going to be a rapture, that the Lord is not coming back. And he said, keep your mind strong. I wish somebody would tell your neighbor that today. Keep your mind strong. Why are we dealing so heavily with the mind in this chapter? And, 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 and I hate to be so slow right here, but I really got to get this in your spirit. Why are we dealing so heavily with the mind when it comes to the coming of the Lord? You, you hear me when I tell you today that anybody who will make up their mind that the word of God is right and true, you can make it. You can make it. I'm convinced that if you'll make up your mind today that the word of God is right and that the coming of the Lord is near, when you get a made-up mind, there's nothing the devil can do with somebody that has a made-up mind. You cannot be discouraged enough. You cannot be depressed enough. You cannot be beat down enough. You cannot be lied to so much that you eventually start believing it. When your mind is made up, that means there's nothing penetrating my mind that's going to change how I feel about God or how I feel about the coming of the Lord or how I feel about doctrine. Listen, when you make up your mind, there's only one way in. We're not going to be open-minded about doctrines of men. We're not going to be open-minded about doctrines of devils. We're going to guard our hearts. We're going to open our mind to the Word of God and what the Word says is what we're going to believe. And we don't care how many people's in this congregation or how many people watch this TV program. We're not going to open up our minds. Our minds are not going to be deceived. We are going to stand on the Word of God. And if the Word of God says it, we're going to believe it. Somebody shout yes. I'm, I'm going to get where I'm going, so stay with me. He said, guard your mind. Be careful in your mind and your spirit. Be very, very careful because somebody's going to try to make you think that the Lord has come. Why would they want you to believe that the Lord has already come? Well, it's a great question. And why, uh, wherever there is a doctrine that is false, there is a narrative behind it that's making it happen. Okay? Always remember that. 
Sprinkle baptism began with novation because of a deathbed repentance. Okay? Wherever there is false doctrine, there is a, a narrative behind it. Why did novation start sprinkle baptism? Because he didn't believe that God could raise the, de- the, the man up off of his deathbed. So he's, he baptized him. It was a doctrine of convenience. Wherever there is false doctrine, it's because there is a narrative behind it. Why would somebody want you to believe that Jesus has already come? And I think it's a valid question, so let's get the answer. Because there is a narrative behind it. If somebody can make you believe that Jesus has already come, then there's no hope for the future. And you're not striving for the coming of the Lord anymore. You're not loving His appearing anymore. You're not looking to the eastern skies every day waiting on the Lord to come back. Wherever there is false doctrine, there is a narrative. And the narrative is this. If you'll stop believing that Jesus is coming, then you'll stop trying to please the Lord. And if you stop trying to please the Lord, then when the spirit of Antichrist has come and the restrainer is lifted up out of the earth, and we're going to talk about the restrainer in a minute, but when the restrainer is lifted up out of the earth, then you've got that hopeless spirit. Well, there's nothing I can do. Jesus has already come. It's already over. So I guess I'm going to need to buy and I'm going to need to sell. So I'm going to take the mark of the beast because I'm hopeless. Why is there a false doctrine? Because there's a false narrative. So you can look back through history wherever there is false doctrine is because there's a false narrative. How can somebody divide God up into persons that do not exist because they don't know him? Do you understand the Apostle Paul who wrote well over half of the New Testament was still even in his most spiritual state dying every day that he would know him? There is nothing like knowing him. Paul said of all the things in life that I've achieved and all the money that I've gained and all the big uh, accolades that I've had. He said, I consider all of that dung that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Brothers and sisters, there is no greater joy in the world than knowing Jesus. Gotta know it. He said, so here's what's gonna happen. There's going to be deception that's going to bring hopelessness to you, and that hopelessness is gonna say, Jesus has come. There's no way that I can make it, and since I can't make it, I might as well not try anymore. There is something that's going on in the earth uh, over the last few years, and I'm not just, I, I don't wanna talk about cuss word 19 because I, I hate it, and I thank God it's behind us. For those of you that don't know, that's the word that I don't like to say on video when they transcribe it. It's the big vid. You know what I'm talking about? It's the big vid. I don't, I don't like it. But I want to tell you what happened during the big vid. We saw when people went into isolation, a massive increase in suicide. I have to be very careful how I approach this today, but I want to tell you what I'm preaching to you still fits in this. Wherever there's a false doctrine going around, it's because there's a false narrative behind it. And people can say whatever they want to. I think probably 99% of us in here were affected by the sickness that came around in our bodies, but the sickness wasn't near as big as the narrative. And the narrative was get by yourself, get alone can't love the people that you want to love. You can't be together with God's people. You listen to what I'm telling you. We have, have survived one of the biggest experiments that's ever been done on humanity to see how far we could be pushed by kings of the earth. People thought because there weren't guns and bombs going off that we weren't in a war. Folks, we've been in war over the last several years. We're in a war. It is, it is a worldwide war. I'm not willing to call it World War III, but I do think it's the beginning of it. It was the first time that we've seen it on that grand of a scale. Why is that there? Because the spirit of Antichrist is working. And he was doing everything that he could. And by that spirit, I'm talking about the enemy of our soul. The only adversary you should have, the devil, is as a roaring lion. And he is roaming to and fro. What's he doing? 
seeking whom he may devour. I have never in my short life, and I say short because I want you to know how young I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God to be young. Ain't that right? I want to tell you, I have never seen more hopelessness than I've seen in the last several years. There were people having breakdowns. There were people having nervous breakdowns, locking in their homes, getting stuck, people scared to death. And uh, we all went through it. It was, it was fearful. It was scary. But what people missed is in the midst of fear and anxiety, you tell me how it's possible, okay? You just tell me how it's possible that in less than 48 to 72 hours, every nation of the world was on the same page. You don't think that the Spirit that's behind all that, hasn't been working behind the scenes, getting the kings of the earth, getting them lined up. Pastor, what are you insinuating? I'm telling you, you better get ready, and I'm not here to be a fear monger today, but the enemy is pushing that agenda of one world government. We're seeing it happen. He's pushing the agenda of the one world government, one world religion. And I'm going to tell you this, the one world religion is not going to have anything to do with the one true God. It's going to be the spirit of one that's sitting in the temple of God, thinking that he is God, acting like he is God. And I'm going to tell you, he's not God. He don't have nothing to do with God. He is everything that's anti-God. Yesterday in, in our little hometown over here, this little bitty town of Pendleton, the spirit of Antichrist was running rampant in the streets yesterday. I would have never dreamed that there would be a pride festival in Pendleton, Indiana. But yesterday, uh, uh, they had the whole town locked down. And uh, I, I walked in, uh, me and Brother Caleb went to a convenience store yesterday. And I walked in, and there was a full-grown man that was just taller, taller than me. He had his eyes painted blue and earrings hanging out of his ear and a ball cap on. He looked like a mechanic, only not. And he's, we got in the truck and... Brother Caleb said, was that a man or a woman? I said, yes. <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what happened. I think he stayed too long at the festival and didn't have time to go home and change. Look, I'm not making fun today. I'm just telling you, it's the spirit of the age and it's pushing. Why, wherever there's false doctrine, there's a false, okay? Are y'all with me? Am I boring you to death yet? Why is this going on? You want me to tell you why? Because God made man in his own image. And God made male and female. Why, are, why is the far left extreme in this nation wanting to mutilate our children and change them? I'm going to tell you why. This is a false narrative. This is a reason why they don't want you being in the image of God. They don't want you in the image of how God created you. And don't you think for one second that the enemy's going to stop just coming after our children. He's coming after the church too. He wants to manipulate the church. He wants to emasculate the church. He wants... Does anybody know, man, I'm never going to get there if I don't hurry. Does anybody know how the first sin happened in the garden? This is going to make you uncomfortable, but no, I'm not picking on anybody. Adam stood in the distance in his own house while his wife, and, and please don't think this is disrespectful, I'm using biblical words, the lesser vessel. His wife was the lesser vessel, which meant she was to be submitted to her husband, right? She was his helpmeet. And the Bible said that the lesser vessel was having conversations with Lucifer in his house. In Adam's house. So watch what happens. When the household got out of alignment. And the man. You can blame Eve all you want to. Adam failed to be a man. He allowed a conversation to happen between his wife and the devil. You know what we need? We need some men that will bow up your shoulders. Not at your wife. But at the devil and say, you're not going to be in my house. You're not going to have conversations with my wife and my children. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you, if Adam would have stepped up that day and walked over to that tree and said, you don't have dominion in this garden. This is my house. Now get out of my garden. 
So when, when the figure that should have been feminine steps up to the front and the male figure becomes emasculated and refuses to be the man of the house, then sin enters the picture and now there's a need for redemption. Do you understand that the very first sin that happened, y'all, y'all ain't even ready for this. The very first sin that happened and recorded in the scripture was a byproduct of gender identity. Because the scripture said that when God made that woman, that he took all of the woman out of the man. And he created a woman. But when the woman did not have a covering in her life. She acquiesced to the voice that was speaking in their garden. And when that happened, God said, I can't, I, I can't have that kind of alignment. Why? Because it's in the New Testament. There's alignment. We've got God that's the head of all things. Christ is the head of the church. The husband is the head of the wife. The reason the enemy is working so hard, the spirit of Antichrist is working so hard with gender identity issues is to give us a generation of young people that do not know who they are. See, they're, they're too late to the narrative because people are coming out now saying how horrible their transition was and they wish they wouldn't have done it and the things that have happened in their lives and, 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 and the issues that they've had and the guns that were in their mouths and the bottles of pills that they've taken and they said the reason it happened is because I let somebody tell me I got to choose who I was. Listen to what I'm telling you today. I'm here to save somebody's life. I don't know why I felt this so much, but I woke up this morning with a burden in my spirit. I'm here to save somebody's life i want to tell you who you are you are not some pauper that's been thrown on the back side of the track you are somebody that god created and he created you in his image and god loves you and god wants you to be who you are you cannot decide today to be something besides what god created you to be If God would have wanted me to be a woman, I would have been born a woman. I bet some of you are glad I wasn't. I'm glad I wasn't too because I couldn't have married my pretty wife. The spirit is working in the earth. It's working, it's working through my, my mother. I don't want anybody to look bad at her. Uh, when I tell you this truth, but we were talking the other day about this whole spirit that's going on, this party that they had yesterday. And she said, you know what? When I was a kid going to school in that town, she said, we laughed at people that lived that kind of a lifestyle. It was so abnormal. So what is the spirit of Antichrist doing? Are you ready? He's trying to take what should be normal and making it abnormal. And taking what should be abnormal. Can I say it to you in a scriptural context? He wants to take what's evil and call it good. See, I'm preaching to you right now. He wants to take what's evil and call it good and what's good and call it evil. It is the spirit of the Antichrist and it's working in the earth right now. But what the... what. What the Antichrist needs to know is that even though John and Paul both said that that spirit is working in the earth, that spirit has to know that there is a restrainer. And the restrainer says, you only have so much authority and this is as far as you can go. I'm here to preach to you about the restrainer this morning. So tell me, what was it that Paul was telling the church at Thessaloniki, at Thessalonica? What was he talking to him about this restrainer? It's a great question, and we're going to talk about it today. But it's in this same chapter that the apostle said, I want you to be careful. If you keep reading right on down where I left off this morning, and for the sake of time, I want you to go read it for yourself. He said, but for those that had not a love for the truth, he said that 
that God is going to send a strong delusion and cause them to believe a lie that they might be damned. Listen to what I'm telling you. We've got to guard our minds and we've got to guard our spirits. If we don't fall in love with truth, then there is going to be a delusional spirit that's going to come and we will believe a lie and we will be lost. So he is addressing the church and he says, but there is a restrainer. There is something that's withholding this Antichrist from being able to truly be revealed. There is the spirit of Antichrist. Don't confuse these two. There's the spirit of Antichrist that's been around. Uh, Brother Jordan was so beautiful with it uh, in class this morning as he spoke about this spirit that goes all the way back through every empire. And although at that time in history we can't call it Antichrist, we can certainly call it Anti-God. And it was the spirit of Antichrist that was working before. This is that narrative. This is that spirit that's working. And it works through perversion and sexual perversion. And, and, and mutilating children always has and always will. But at some point that empire is going to crash. But you and I are living in what I believe to be the last and final empire that the world will ever see before the coming of the Lord. And when the Lord comes back, the restrainer is going to be missing. So who is Paul preaching to? He's preaching to the saints at the church of Thessalonica. And he said, you know who the restrainer is. You know about this restrainer. You know about the withholder. He said, but when the Lord comes back, the restrainer is going to be removed. If you read this in the context of the scripture, this is what you find out. The only way that the restrainer of the spirit of Antichrist can be removed is by the rapture. Which means that the restrainer is not a man or a woman. The restrainer is the church. The restrainer is the church of the living God. The apostle Paul said the Antichrist is really one to reveal himself. The Antichrist is really one to promote his agenda. He said, but oh, church at Thessalonica, you know who the restrainer is. You know there's a restrainer. You hear me today? Hell's worst nightmare is a powerful praying Jesus name. Holy Ghost filled church. You are not part of a social club today. You are not a part of a Christian gathering club. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are part of the restrainer. We are the thing that's holding back the spirit of Antichrist in the earth. It is the power of an apostolic church. And that's why the enemy wants the church to question who we are. That's why he's trying to get us to question our doctrines. That's why he's trying to get us to question holiness. The restrainer is separated. The restrainer's not like the rest of the world. The restrainer's different because the restrainer has power. The church has got to be different if the church is going to have power. The church cannot withhold the spirit of Antichrist if we're joining the spirit of Antichrist. When there are church movements, that are having their general conferences debating on whether or not to ordain transsexuals and homosexuals as ministers in their movement. Listen, we can officially step back and say we know for sure that is not the restrainer. When the church has become worldly to win the world, How in the world can we withstand the pressures of the Antichrist when we capitulate to every idea that he has for the church? Let's be less holy. Let's be less righteous. Let's be less separated. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I want. I want the path of least resistance. But I want you to know today that the path the church must walk is not an easy path. And it's not a broad way. It's a narrow way. It's a holy way. 
It is a highway called holiness. And it has been trodden with the bloody feet of martyrs through history. They were martyrs because they stood for something. And they stood against something. They stood against the voice of the Antichrist. It was the early church that taught us the power of being a restrainer. I wish so bad I could preach to... to, uh, to folks in our movement that are wanting to compromise who we are. I'll never understand that. Man, if I could just rewind and push play this morning, Brother Jordan, you did such a good job. There is no way, no way that you're going to gain territory by inviting your enemy in to fight with you. It's a little different on a Sunday morning, isn't it? I'm telling you, I feel something in here today. The Holy Ghost has been stirring in my spirit. Everybody's looking for the Antichrist while we compromise. Isn't that something? We're letting, we're letting holiness go and teaching on the Antichrist. And here's, here's part of the deception. When people start teaching more on the Antichrist than they do the Christ. I'm glad today that I'm among the restrainers. I said, I'm glad today that I'm among the restrainers. I'm going to say something, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings today. I don't want you to get mad at me. But if I've ever preached in the Holy Ghost, I'm going to preach to you right now. And I want to say this as plain as I can. I'm going to break this down Gerber style so that everybody in here understands this and everybody can eat it. This is the dumbest time in history to backslide. This is the dumbest time in world history to walk away from God. I'm not saying that to hurt somebody, but I do want to come against that spirit today and let that spirit know there is still somebody that's restraining you. Do you realize how much authority God has put in the hands of the church when the Lord spoke through his apostle and he said the only thing that's withholding the Antichrist is the restrainer. That's it. And when God lifts that church, all the authority of the Antichrist is unleashed in the earth. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? Because I've come to get this in your spirit, and I'm going to preach it till you get it. Greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in you. Greater is he. Greater, 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 greater. Come on, somebody help me get it right. Greater, greater, greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. We are not in trouble against the Antichrist. Greater. Oh, Brother St. Clair, I fear for the future of the church. I don't fear for the church. The church is not in trouble. Well, look at all the people compromising. That's right. He said they can't happen without there being a falling away. But the falling away doesn't expose our weaknesses. Quit letting the devil tell you that. The falling away exposes the strength of those that stand. Well, the church is weak. No, the church is not weak. The church is not weak. The falling away is weak. The falling away is the sifting of the wheat and the chaff. But we always focus on the wheat and the chaff and how detriment uh, it is to the kingdom. And oh, it's going to be burned up. Not everything's burned up. Some of it's pulled into the barn. In the middle of separation comes harvest. We get up and talk about, oh, there's a separation of wheat and chaff. And it always comes across from the negative side. And I understand it, that it, sometimes there has to be a warning that there's going to be a falling away. But I'm telling you right now, the reason why the falling away cannot affect me is because I made up my mind. 
If you don't make up your mind right now that you're not falling away, then you might just fall away. But if you'll get up on this Sunday morning and get in the face of God and say, Lord, I want you to know I've already made up my mind that I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to recant. I'm not going to back down. I'm... I think somebody ought to let that spirit of Antichrist know too. I still have dominion over you. I'm still restraining you. You still don't have dominion in my house. If you study in 1 Kings chapter 21, there's a story about a man named Naboth. The scripture said that King Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard because his vineyard was hard-pressed. What the King James says was hard-pressed against his palace. So Ahab is standing. Now we know that Ahab is married to Jezebel. Jezebel as a person disappeared not many chapters after this. But as a spirit, she's still mentioned in the eschatology of the book of Revelation that the spirit of Jezebel is still working in the church. Come on. Still there. Jezzy. She's still fighting. When John's looking at people that are redeemed by the thousands, guess who's still fighting? Jezzy. Scumbag. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, the Word of God is so knit. It's, it's whoop and wharf. It's fiber and, fiber and fabric. It's, it's just together. It just, it just works. And so this, this cruel king, the kingdom has been split. And he is, his palace is not any longer in Jerusalem, it's in Jezreel, in the valley of Jezreel. Now, it's uh, getting close to the end of time, so I, I got to be careful here how far I chase this trail. But I'm going to tell you something about Jezreel. This is, this is amazing. Naboth is a Jezreelite. The Jezreel Valley has more than one name. Different tribes, different people call different parts of the country uh, different names. For, in, for instance, if you're in Israel looking over the valley towards Syria, they'll tell you it's Megiddo. If you go to uh, Lebanon, they'll look across the same valley and say it's the Bekaa Valley. Okay, it's the same valley, different name, different people. Well, I'll tell you what's very interesting. Is that the Jezreel Valley is Megiddo. This showdown between wicked King Ahab married to Jezebel and a Jezreelite named Naboth that said, I refuse to sell the inheritance of my fathers. Was a battle that took place in the same valley where the battle of Armageddon is going to happen. I've stood in that valley. I stood in that valley looking at surrounding mountains thinking to myself, how crazy is it going to be that this valley is going to have blood to the knees? When I was in the Middle East, uh, probably uh, maybe 2018, 2016, something like that. I was in the Middle East and they showed me this project that they were just finalizing. It, it's like it looks done, but it's not done. And there is a 10-lane superhighway that comes along the south end of Beirut. It's 10 lanes wide. And it dead ends in the Bekaa Valley. It don't go anywhere. 10 lanes wide, superhighway structure that just stops right at the edge of the valley of, from Israel, from Megiddo. This 10-lane superstructure 
it just dead ends. It's done. It's, that's it. It goes to nowhere. It comes from uh, out of the, the north and comes around through Syria, comes around Lebanon, 10 lanes wide, and poof, it just stops. And Brother Zar looked at me and he said, Brother, why do you think they would need 10 lanes wide that would stop at the Valley of Megiddo? Well, folks, anybody been bear and dragon hunting lately? Got the bear of Russia? Got the dragon of China? I heard it said the other day that Mr. Putin has just opened up recruitment and uh, drafting. He's trying to draft up to 300,000 men between 18 and 30 years old. Expanding the power of the Russian military. Why do you think they need 10 lanes wide that stop at the Bikaw Valley? You want me to tell you why? Because they're pawns in the hand of a bigger plan. And they have no clue what God is about to show. But I want you to understand. There is going to be a season of time where the Antichrist gets to rule and reign in the earth. But while he's ruling and reigning in the earth, we are ruling and reigning with Christ. <laughs> and the focus of our strategy cannot be always praying against the Antichrist. Our strategy has got to be praying for the strength of the restrainer. I do not care what the devil tries to do. Well, pastor, that's dumb. He's strong and he's mighty. Only to what power he's been given. Well, you better be careful talking about the devil like that. I'm not worried about the devil because we have a restrainer. The restrainer is the power of the Holy Ghost that lives in you and I. I'm going as fast as I can. So Naboth, Ahab comes to him and he said, hey, look, your vineyard is a little close to my palace. Man, if I had time to preach all this, I'd love to. It's so awesome. What was it that Ahab wanted? It was a vineyard. What grows in the vineyard? Grapes. What do they use grapes for? To make wine. What is it that we were drunk with in the New Testament with the Holy Ghost? He said, this is new wine. Don't tell me this wasn't a spiritual attack. The Lord was showing that the spirit of Ahab and Jezebel are coming against the spirit. Spirit baptism. Spirit infilling. That's why there's been doctrines floating around for years now to say the Holy Ghost infilling is not essential. And Naboth is standing at the gate of the vineyard and said, it's not for sale. Ahab said, I want it. It's not for sale. Yeah, but I'll give you so much money. It's not for sale. Naboth said, this vineyard is not on the market. There's not a sign in the yard, and I'm not interested in selling it. Ahab said, oh, but I want your vineyard. Naboth said, my vineyard is not for sale. He said, come on, man. You can give me the vineyard. He said, nope, because this vineyard was purchased by my forefathers. He said, God forbid that I sell the inheritance of my fathers. I wish some young preacher would get it in your spirit. This message is not for sale. The spirit of God is not for sale. This one God Jesus name message is not for sale. Ahab came home, had his thumb in his mouth. Jazzy comes walking in the room. She said, oh, pumpkin. What is it, Snookums? He said, it's that rotten Pentecostal preacher over there. I want him to sell out so bad, but he won't. I want him to quit preaching Jesus' name, but he won't do it. I, I, want him, I want him to sell that to me. Listen, I'm going to tell you that there is a spirit we got to get a hold of. The promise 
that Ahab gave Jezebel, uh, that, that Ahab gave to Naboth, rather, was if you'll give me your vineyard, I'll give you one that's better. Now, I'm just going to preach right here, so just you just get ready. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing better. I appreciate all 10 of you believe that. There is nothing better. There is no better vineyard. There is no other message. There is no other truth. There is no other way. I'll tell you what we'll do. If you'll back off on holiness a little bit and you'll quit preaching this, this, and this, we'll fill the church up. Show me five of them in history that work. I'll show you 150 of them that, are cl- that have closed the doors. Well, I'll I tell you what. We'll build you a bigger building. We won't need a bigger building. Because that's part of the falling away, not the catching away. Pastor, I'm trying to figure out why you're preaching this on Sunday morning. Because I want somebody to know, you don't have to leave here today with the devil beating your brains out. You can join the party. You can get in the church and be a part of the only thing that's keeping the Antichrist agenda from coming to pass. This train is bound for glory. This train. I love it. This train is bound for glory. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to be holy. This train is a clean train. This train. This train is a clean train. This train. This train is a clean train. The only way to ride is in Jesus' name. This train is a clean train. Woo! Said this train is a clean train. He said there's going to be no backbiters. There's going to be no backsliders. If you want to go on this train, you're going to come on this train in Jesus' name. I don't know how else to break this down to you today but to tell you that the spirit of Antichrist is trying to bring confusion. And the spirit of Antichrist is trying to mess with your mind. But somebody's going to leave here today with a made-up mind that I'm part of the restraining act. And devil, you have no authority until God takes us out of here. I'm closing. I'm closing. Jezebel said, okay. He wants to play hardball. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lie on him. And I'm going to start a rumor that Naboth has mocked the Lord God of Israel. And she said, I'm going to get some people who will believe the story. So she starts this... Story that Naboth has lied and mocked God. He didn't. And she thought that would be the pressure that she wanted. But it didn't work. And when the lies came against him and he wouldn't collapse. The scripture said that they took him. And they stoned him and they killed him. Ooh, pastor, this is not a good way to end. Oh, yes it is. I'm fixing to take you somewhere right here. Oh, God, they stoned him and killed him. Yeah, but pastor, you know what's so bad about that is after he was dead, they got his vineyard. The devil won. Oh, no. Let me tell you something, folks. After the Lord comes back, they can have this building. Pastor, what what about you? Man, what are you going to do? We're sitting in the house the other night, and my wife was like, somebody's probably just going to move right in this house someday and live in here. Like, I won't care. Well, what are we going to do if they come against us? They're coming against us. What are we going to do if our life gets taken? Listen, we ain't got nothing to worry about. Oh, yeah, but it looks like they're winning because they're going to get the vineyard anyway. Bo, they can have the vineyard. Because when I'm gone, I won't need that vineyard anymore. When I'm out of here... They can have every suit, every tie, every pair of shoes, my car keys, my rifles, whatever they, they can have it. Here's what I want you to know. I'm going to protect the vineyard.
But until then, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to restrain it. I'm we are part of a victory generation. I'm not worried about what the Antichrist is going to do. We are the restrainers. Let's stand. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, let's worship the Lord. You know what restrainers do? They worship. You know what restrainers do? They're faithful and they don't want to be faithful. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Pastor, I want to be on the winning team. You got to repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's when you're a restrainer. That's when you're on the winning team today. Don't you let the devil lie to you. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. If you want to be a part of the winning team this morning, I'm asking you to throw your hands up in the air and say, Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to push back against the spirit of this age. Lord, I'm going to push back against the spirit and gods of this world. I don't care what all these athletes are doing. I don't care what all these singers and performers and entertainers are doing. I'm not watching the gods of this world. I'm pushing back against the gods of this world. I'm not going to fight with them. I'm standing against them. Woo! Come on, somebody help me right now. We're not quite there just yet. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what keeps me moving. What keeps me moving is not the disappointment that Jesus hasn't come yet. What keeps me moving is the fact that he's getting ready to come any moment, any day, any time. I got to be ready. When the Lord comes back, the question was asked. He said, will he find faith in the earth? That was the question. Will he find faith? You know what he was saying? He was saying, will the restrainer still be standing? This is what you need to know. Whether you're standing or not, somebody will be. Whether I'm standing or not, somebody will be. Because God has a restrainer in the earth. And when he resurrects us and takes us out of here... I don't care what the Antichrist does because I'm going on the first train out. I'm going on the first ride out. Praise God. I wonder if we would give the Lord a hand clap of praise that would shake the rafters in this church right now. Come on, lift him up. Hallelujah. Child of God, I want you to go rejoicing today. You're on the winning team. You're on the victory side. We're living on the hallelujah side. Let's go.